Okay, we are in, um, I don't know what week it is, but we are in the second part. So let's call this movement two. We are in the second movement of the way out. Everybody say the way out. What the way out is, it's a series that we've been in for the past, I think it's five, six weeks, something like that. Um, We've been in this series uh, called The Way Out, which is about the book of Exodus, right? We did Genesis a few, uh, a month or two ago, and we're doing Exodus now. And so the first portion, right, that we talked about for the last four to six weeks, however long it was, I don't remember. Um, But the the first portion talked about uh, Moses how he was a baby, how he was rescued out of being uh, killed in the Nile River, uh, how he grew up in, he was, a, he was uh, a Jew, but he grew up in, a, in Pharaoh's house, and then he got exiled, then he comes back because God tells him that you're supposed to free the children of Israel, right? The children of Israel were slaves, they were oppressed, and God sent someone to free the slaves. Everybody give it up for God. That's A1. Thank you, Lord, for doing that, okay? So then uh, Moses says, how am I supposed to do this right? And then God creates this way where he knows uh, Pharaoh is not about it. Pharaoh thinks he's God. Pharaoh has other gods in Egypt uh, that they all worship. And so it comes to down to this war of gods, which is what we talked about last week, where uh, Yahweh is the name of, uh, of, of the God that we know, um, the one true God. And he's going against Pharaoh, who thinks he's a god, and all their pagan gods who they think are gods but aren't really gods. Does that make sense? And so they're in this battle. So there's the ten plagues, right? There was, they, they turned the Nile River into blood. There was frogs. There was, there was gnats. There was flies. There was darkness. And then the final one, the final straw, because Pharaoh tried to kill all the firstborn sons of Israel, God then sent the same thing to happen to them, right, where, where the firstborn uh, sons were all to die in Egypt. But he gave them a way out. He said, if you, if you sacrifice a lamb, you paint your doorpost with the, with the blood of the lamb, uh, your house will be passed over. So then, this is where we pick up, okay? That's what I talked about last week. Now we're here. Week one of this portion, we're going to talk about them actually leaving, the exodus, okay, the way out. So what happens is this, this, this Passover happens, right? And uh, the, the children of Israel and their, and their children are spared, but every household in Egypt isn't, right? And the firstborn uh, of each household in Egypt is, is, is killed, and, and, so, and so there's, there's deep sorrow, and Pharaoh finally has had enough, right? So Pharaoh calls Moses and Aaron and says, all right, get out of here. Everybody say, get out. He says, get out. I've had enough. I've had enough of you and your God. Get out of here, right? And so he sends them off. And so Moses says, all right, hey, well, let, let's go. Let's get our stuff right away because we're going to bail. Right? And so they're, they then set off in the, in the night and they're ready to go. And so if you're taking notes tonight, the, the, the title of this message is called Trust Fall. Everybody say Trust Fall. Does everybody know what a Trust Fall is? Okay. Let's demonstrate. Jeremiah, come here. Oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I trust you. I don't know if you like Jeremiah that much. <clears throat> All right. 
All right, Brian, come here real quick. It's a liability. He's a pastor. No, you stay here. I'm not catching nobody. <laughs> okay, so, so what happens in a trust fall, right, Jeremiah's got to turn around. And Jeremiah's got to close his eyes. Okay? And, and then what's going to happen is Jeremiah has to trust that Brian is going to catch him when he falls. And there's no stepping back. You've got to plant your feet and just send it like a backflop into a pool. Okay? No, he's fine. He ain't going to hit it. Don't touch my podium. Oh, my gosh. You guys are crazy. Okay. No, bro. Um, no, you're good. So, everybody knows Jeremiah's got to trust Brian. And we're going to see by how he falls if he really trusts Brian, right? So close your eyes. Close them. <laughs> All right. Now, when you're ready... Give your, give your all, fall, and see if Brian will catch you. See if he'll catch you. Yeah, see if he'll catch you. Oh, he did it. Okay, all right. Everybody give it up, get up. Now, hold on. Hold on. Now swap it. <laughs> okay, so now Jeremiah's got to get ready for this catch. Flip your hat around because you're going to stab him with that thing. Um, so now, here's, here's the, there's this two-part thing to a trust fall. The first step is that, is that Brian has to trust Jeremiah. Everybody with me on that? Okay. Brian has to make a decision. I got to trust Jeremiah. But here's the other thing. Jeremiah has to trust himself. Because what happens if Jeremiah gets scared, I can't catch him. <laughs> he's going to bail out. Does that make sense? And Jerem for it to work, Jeremiah has to trust that Brian trusts him. So, do you trust Jeremiah? Yes. All right. <laughs> Eyes are closed. Jeremiah, get in the ready position. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. Oh, he got him. He got him. All right. All right, get your seat. Get your seat. I didn't help at all, all right? Hmm. All right. So the, mes the message tonight is called Trust Fall. And I'll, I'll tell you why. But let's get into the story. So they're leaving, right? And so what they do is uh, they, they grab all the food they have. Uh, they, they grab their bread that was not leavened yet, so it's called unleavened. And they had, now, now they, later on they had this feast of unleavened bread, which just remembers that they didn't have time to let the bread rise. And so they took it without uh, having that happen. And, uh, and also what happens is they go to their Egyptian neighbors and say, would you provide something for us? Can we get a little silver, get a little gold, you know, a little something, something, right? And they did. And so as peacefully as you can imagine, the Israelites plundered the Egyptians. It took Everything they had, and they, 
And they went out. And what that tells me, the first thing that tells me is that God provides for the plan that he has in place. Amen? If God's calling us to something, if God, if God knows that there's, there's a plan for our lives, if God has called you to step out in something, especially for you, you seniors that are thinking about this next stage of life, like what am I doing next? If God has called you unto something, he's going to provide for that very thing he's called you to. He told Moses that it's, it's your turn, you're going to rescue these Israelites. And what did he do? He provided for that very plan. Amen? So, then it says, and uh, we're going to start in uh, chapter 13, verse 20. And it says, Then they set out from Succoth and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Everybody say the wilderness. Where the wild things are, okay? Verse 21, The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day and led them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and night. And so the Lord, what happened, this is tough. Yeah, that whole thing rhymed. It was sick. What happened, right, was that God said, okay, Israelites, it's your time to leave. I have gotten Pharaoh to a place where he's allowing you to leave. And Moses, it's time that you lead them out. Moses don't know where he's going. And here's the other thing. So there's... There's two ways out. Moses knows that they're going to eventually go back to Mount Sinai. Because remember when, when God was speaking to him in the burning bush, he says, you're going to come back here and worship. Everybody remember that. Okay? So, but there's a really easy way to get there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a path that goes up like this. You follow the, the, the road along the coastline, and then you'll get there. But God has different plans. He, he, has, a, he has a different plan for a specific purpose. So what, did he, what does he do? During the day, there's a, there's a cloud, a pillar of cloud that leads them. And at night, there's a, there's a pillar of fire that leads them so they can see it. Tough as nails. So they're walking. Imagine if you're like, hey, God, tell me where I'm supposed to go. And the, there's like a cloud there. You're like, oh, snap. All right. Or fire. Probably us. We'd be like, what the, you know, run away. But this is how God was leading them. God, second thing I see from the story is that God will guide your steps. Amen. So. It says in verse 22, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Uh, chapter 14, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, tell the sons of Israel to turn back and to camp before, a, a big word I can't read, between Migdal and the sea, and you shall camp in front of another big word I can't read. Okay? Opposite it by the sea. So here, let, me, let me explain the big words I can't read and what's happening here. What's happening here is God is leading the Israelites into a valley between a mountain, between a mountain, and right behind them is a sea. So you can imagine God is leading you door of the explorer style, and you walk up to this big body of water. There's no way out here. There's no way out here, and there's water, and the only way out is the exact same way that you came. What would you think? I tell God, hey, you better check your Wi-Fi. I don't think Siri really got I don't think. And this ain't no Dora Explorer thing. You know when on Dora the Explorer, she's like, the water comes like, where are we going to go? And it's like super small. You could definitely walk around. But there's like crocodiles and anacondas in it. And they're like, we got to go over in the boat. Anyways, it's not like that. Definitely have to go through it. 
That used to make me so mad. I was like, because when I, when I was watching Dora, it was because my sister was watching it, so I was a little bit older. So my sister, my sister, yeah, my sister was like, I don't know, Dora, I don't know. And I was like, go around, Dora. You know, I'm just kidding. And uh, anyway, so, so God leads them into a place where there's seemingly no way out. Everybody say no way out. But I thought that. I thought that this was the way out, right? But there's no way out. Verse 3, for Pharaoh will say, that the son, say of the sons of Israel, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So the Israelites went in this place. I'm skipping ahead. Pharaoh says, wait a second. They're trapped. Why did we let all of our slaves go? Pharaoh's like, everything that we were building now is not being built. Because we let them go. How dumb is that? And remember, Pharaoh thinks he's God, so there's two issues with this. One, Pharaoh can't stand that he's losing to Yahweh. Number two, if Pharaoh thinks he's God, he can't stand that he just let the people that serve him walk away. So he's like, wait. Remember all the plagues, all the things? At that point, Yahweh was winning. Pharaoh thinks, oh, they're so dumb. They're stuck. There's a, there's, there's a sea, mountains, there's no way out. Yahweh's failed them. I'm going to go get them back. And even the Israelites were frustrated with God. They said, is this, is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They said, let us, let me, let me translate. They said, I'd rather be a slave than be here right now. I'd rather go back and be beaten but know I have food than to be here free with a chance of death. Take me back to Pharaoh. Man, isn't this us so many times? We get freed from sin. We go to convention. We go to camp. And we're crying at the altar. We're so free from it. And then we come back home. Wait, 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 wait. I'd rather be back there where I at least get some food than be out here free with the thought that I might not make it. Because here's the thing. When you're, when you're in lockstep with the devil, he has no reason to come against you. Man, it was easy back then devil wasn't bugging me. Yeah, because you were buds. Right? The devil wasn't against me. Yeah, because y'all were holding hands. <laughs> now all of a sudden, like, I, I just, it's hard, man. Life is, it's difficult. I just feel like the devil's out to get me. Because maybe you're making a difference. Maybe you're doing something. Right? Let's not go back. Not go back to the old you. Stay where you're going because God has a plan. Remember, God has a plan. Trust fall. So, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, 
which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. So picture this. They're in this valley, right? It goes down into this valley. They're in this valley up against the water, and they look back, and there's chariots of thousands and thousands of Egyptians. The the best Egyptian warriors are coming with torches and and, and coming with with battle drums, and you hear the do-do-do, and they're coming, and it's like, oh, we're going to die. Can you imagine this? Has anybody ever seen Mulan? We talked about this today. You know that scene where, where, where they all are coming over the hill? That's terrifying. This is what they're seeing, right? They're here. They're coming over the hill. They're like, we're going to die. We're going to die. They're coming for us. What should we do? And this is where the trust fall begins. Because Moses says, here's what you do. Ready? He goes, everybody, gather up. I got a plan. And you can imagine they're anticipating the plan. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go up to this side of the mountain, and then you're going to go this side of the mountain, and we're going to trap them, and we're going to fight our best. We're going to get them, okay? And that's not what happened. Moses says, okay, everybody cool? You're going to sit down and shut up. Just wait. God will defeat them. Would, I don't think I'd sit and wait. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a great plan, Moses. Yeah, uh-huh, you're doing. What if I never came back? I just was gone. I'll be out, bro. But listen, this is the first part. He's saying if you trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you got to sit still. Here's the thing that's interesting here. God is telling them, hey, this is my fight, not your fight. Let me fight it. Sometimes in our life there's fights that we got to fight. Sometimes we got to fight for our family. Sometimes we got to fight for ourselves. Sometimes we can't just succumb to sin. We got to fight for ourselves. We got to fight to get our friends to church. We gotta, but sometimes God tells you, hey, this isn't your fight to fight. And you're stressing and you're anxious about this fight. And God tells you, hey, would you sit and watch me win this for you? And sometimes that takes more trust than to fight the fight. A lot of us want to fight the fight. Why? Because we want control over the fight. It's like, well, no, 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 no. Like, I, I, I got I to come up with a plan. Well, what if sometimes God's saying, no, you're not going to come up with a plan. You're going to wait. And when this army that is coming at you wants to kill you, you're going to be silent and you're going to watch. That's terrifying. So then... Verse 15, then then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and through his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. When I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots, and through his horsemen. And this is my favorite verse, maybe, of the whole book of Exodus. Check how tough this is. Then, the angel of God. Everybody say the angel of God. Then the angel of God, who had been going before them to the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. What does this mean? 
the, the, the pillar of cloud and the angel that was leading them to the water says, okay, stay here. And now stands between them and Egypt. So when, when he said, okay, sit and watch, the angel of the Lord goes and says, okay, now I got your back. The same God that led them forward now makes a stance of protection. Sometimes you're like, God, I can't see where you're leading me. I don't see where you're guiding me. God, I don't know what the next step is. And maybe it's because God's taken all the arrows that are being fired at you on the back. And he says, for this moment, I'm taking a stance of protection, not guidance. So just sit tight while I take the heat. Remember, Yahweh is fighting for them. God is fighting for them. Why? So that his name will be known. His goal, the whole goal of this book (laughs) is that all the world, especially Egypt, will know that he's the one true God. So remember, it's his fight. It's not yours. It's not theirs. So here's what happens next. So it comes between them. Moses takes his staff, puts it out over the water, and the water goes. The Bible says the water was like two walls. It's like these black curtains, right? But imagine like way higher, like hundreds of feet higher, and then like you could see a whale swimming through it. And, And the sea split. And then everyone's standing there, so what do we do now? <laughs> no, they didn't do that. They said, run, right? I think everybody, Johnny Depp run all the way through, right? And they're just going, and they take off. They're going in. And the Egyptians say, we're going after them. And they go, they go, they go. Here's the thing. Wait, but this, this is the sea. I see the animals and these walls. of Do I trust him? I'm in the middle of the trust fall. <laughs> Do I trust them, right? Jeremiah had a choice to make. This part is easy, but then, does that make sense? The first part is sit still, be silent, go through the water. Are you going to take that step back to catch yourself, or are you going to trust God fully, right? So they went, and they trusted God fully. Are we humble enough to give up total control to God, right? So here's what happens. They get through. They get to the other side. And when, they, when, when the last Israelite gets on the shore, on the other side, safe and sound, and all the Egyptians and all the chariots are in, uh, on the pathway, in between the, the, the walls of water, and they're chasing after the Israelites, you know what happens? God tells Moses, put your staff back over the water. And the waves crash in on the Egyptians. The evil that was chasing after God's people over and over and over and over again, gone. Because they trusted him. If they would have stayed and not ran through those, the, the water, they'd have been dead. If they had a chai and gone back, they'd have been slaves. But they trusted God, now they're free. Here's the thing. While I've been teaching on the Old Testament, I like to point it to the New Testament. I like to point it to Jesus because that's what it's all about. So check this out. Everybody give me five minutes. Pay attention. Look up here. This is where it all comes together. In the Bible, the sea represents evil. In Revelation, it says that the great beast will come out of the sea, right? 
in, in, when we talked about Noah, what, what covered the whole earth? Water. So as the Israelites had faced great evil, God made a way through it. And then what happened to the Egyptians who their, heart, their hearts were hardened, 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 hardened. They never gave up their life to God. What happened is, is they were drowned in their own evil. This is the picture of the gospel. It's not that God sends people to hell. It's that we, we fight God. We say we're better than him. We try to be God when God is God. And we, we constantly spit in his face. And, and, and we think we can win this battle. And we're, no, I don't, like, I don't like God. I hate God. Like, get out of here. I don't want any of this. And God's like, I can't. I'm trying to love you. I told you if you would just put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost, you'd be saved too. God's saying, I'm trying. I'm trying. And what happens is eventually he has to let the waves overcome. Because that's the choice we made. Unless we trust in him. And this is how it always looks. We always look around us, there's no way out. There's no way there's a God. There's no way that any of this is true. Just like the Israelites, they're standing with water to their back, mountain, mountain, people who want to kill me. God, there's no way out. Think about where they were at. Knees were probably shaking. <laughs> right? God, there's no way out. There's no possible way out. There's water here, mountain there, mountain there. People who want to kill me. Where am I supposed to go? Anybody ever felt like that in life? Where am I supposed to go? There's no way out. And when there was no way, God makes the way out. But what does it require? Trust. And just like the trust fall... It was behind them. <laughs> I just trust falling to nobody. Just like the trust falls behind them. So we have a choice to make in our lives, everybody. We can let our hearts be hardened to God. God's not real. It doesn't make any sense. There's no way that in a, in a fallen world like this, God could be real. And you live in Orange County, living a pretty good life. <laughs> the Israelites were slaves. What excuse do we have? We don't. The Israelites, even in the midst of it, man, life is tough, but maybe it was better back there. I don't know. They're wrestling, just like we all wrestle. But at some point, they made a decision. I got to trust God. And if I don't trust God, I'm going to be swallowed up in the waves just like they were. Can you imagine halfway through, you're like, no, this isn't going to work. And you turn around and go back. You got to trust God and make it all the way through. Where there was no way, he makes a way. Amen? And after this, verse 14, I mean, chapter 14, verse 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Here's something to say, that the authority that we have, the authenticity that we have, the reason that people will believe us is not because of who we are, it's because of who he is. If I stand in lockstep with God, I'm, I'm going to gain favor in the world. I'm going to gain favor... Uh, amongst God's people, and I, there's going to be reason to believe the things that I say because my authority comes from him. Amen? 
So we all have that choice to make. Am I going to trust God or am I not? I'm standing here. God's behind me. Three, two, one. Trust fall. So everybody close their eyes as the band makes their way back up. We're going to end with one more song. And everybody, actually, would you stand up with me as we, as we finish tonight? And then we'll do our tiebreaker for our game, which will be f- really fun. But Everybody stand up, stand up. And everybody, for respect of everybody else, just close your eyes for a second. Bow your heads. And I have a question. Everybody, I'm going to put you in a situation right now that we've been talking about all night where you're standing there. God's standing behind you, ready to catch you, ready to give you grace and mercy and forgiveness. And I'm going to count you down to the trust fall. And it doesn't matter if you've accepted Jesus before or not. I just want to see a universal around the room, a hand raised if you, if you do trust God. I'm going to raise my hand because I trust him with my whole heart. But I'm going to count you down to three, two, one. And when, when I say one, I want every hand raised that is going to trust God in this trust fall, okay? So here you are. You're standing there. God's behind you. And we're counting down the trust fall. Three, two, one. Do you trust God? Amen. Do you trust God? Sometimes it's hard. I know there's hands up. There's hands down. If your hand is down, it's okay. Maybe take these, take these next couple moments to be like, God, can you give me a heart to trust you? Give me a, a, a reason to to trust you, God. Give me a, a desire to trust you. And those of you that have your hand raised, know that there's people around you who trust him with you and there's people who don't. And you could take the arm of the person next to you and be like, hey, we could trust God together. Amen? And so with every eye opened and every heart wide open, we're going we're gonna to worship together right now. Amen? Let's worship.